Welcome back to the Faith Friday podcast. Today, I'm your host, Jordan Summers, and I'm here with doctor and president, Lenny Favara. Lenny, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Good to hear. Yeah. So how long have you been here at Central now? Oh, uh, 23 some odd years. I've actually been... I've uh, been in and out. Uh, so I came back in 2000. Okay. So that's the, this is that run, but I was mm-hmm. here prior to that for about a year and a half. And then, uh, and then of course as a student. Prior okay. To so you came here as a student. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I what? was, uh, w- w- what you're going to ask what year, aren't you? No, I was oh. actually going <laughs> to ask what you were studying, what your uh, major I, was. Actually I came in, uh, at, at that time it was only associate school. So it was a junior college. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I was just coming in for my AA and then during that time, though, they started the first Bachelor of Ministry program. Mm. So I stayed on. And so I was one of the first graduates from the four-year program. Did you and um, Larry come in at about the same time? No, Larry. No, no, we did. No, we did not. Okay. So he came uh, He came in later, uh, actually prior to me coming back in 2000. Larry was already here. Okay, okay. So. Yeah, but awesome. not as students. Yes, no, no, no. Not no. as students. Yeah. Okay, okay. Can you imagine the campus with Larry and I as students? <laughs> I don't think it would be standing today. So, oh, a dynamic duo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've, I think we've got a couple of those on campus. Yeah, already, no, so. yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so we've we've survived. We've survived so far. <laughs> and you guys, you are both doing fantastic jobs with um, the ministries that you're in and being you're involved in right now with. Your ministry as president, sure, his sure. ministry is... Well, there's still there, there was a long time there for, uh, especially when we were both, Larry and I were both in the classroom all the time. The mm-hmm. People were consistently always would come up and call me Larry, <laughs> um, you know, or, yeah. or that time. And, and for a while there, we were both wearing Hawaiian shirts oh. and it got very <laughs> confusing for people. So, yeah. No, I love Larry. Larry's been a longtime friend of mine yeah. and um, we... Uh, it, it's interesting because I, I tease him now because he and I were the ones that would sit in the back of faculty meetings back at, the, at you know, kind of <laughs> roust the, uh, the the dean of academics at the time. And now I'm the one in the front and he's still in the one in the back. And so, uh, it, but Larry's a great partner. He's, he's uh, fantastic uh, to have around. So, yeah, that's awesome. So can you share about your faith journey? What brought you to the Lord and how you've been walking with him since. Yeah, that's, uh, I probably have, well, I'm sure everybody's journey is very interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've been very through a very twisted uh, path over mm-hmm. time. Uh, so I, uh, born into a uh, semi-Catholic family. Yeah, I mean, I th- they would call themselves Catholic and uh, mm-hmm. I remember, uh, at least at what level I could remember, some masses. I know there's pictures, and yeah. you know, so I got you know uh, baptized and things like that. But uh, after my parents had split uh, around six, seven, eight, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. uh, the they went opposite directions, different parts of the country, and that's where the kind of the the religion journey, faith journey, kind of became very interesting because one set, side of the family kind of remain this semi, you know, we, Jesus and God are good, but almost nominally uh, Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. No, nominally faith, anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and the other side of the family actually became members of the uh, Jehovah's witnesses. Hmm. And so, uh, so large part of my time growing up was actually part of uh, being a member of, of the Jehovah's Witnesses, which technically we would classify as a cult. Right. Um, and then my other family, when I would spend time with them, it wasn't so much that they were 
Christian, but they were very anti-cult. Uh, and so it wasn't that they were trying to get me into the faith, but they were definitely trying to get me out of what I was in. But as a kid, I mean, I grew up, uh, doing all the stuff of, you know, going door to door, knocking on people and, you know, offering them this, this, how to, how to basically process through the, uh, the Jehovah's Witness theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I learned how to fight against Christians and mm-hmm. I learned everything that Christians believed and how they were wrong and I could support that. Uh, I went through a theocratic school. It's something that the, that they have and mm-hmm. uh, became well-versed and did public presentations. And, um, you know, I, I while, while this is true now, uh, I still look back having come out of that and realized I, I I have a sense of taint on me that I, I deal with all the time because I know that I drew people away from the central tenets of Christ mm. during my time there. I mean, I was instrumental in some of that because I was an advocate. Because in at some level, I always had a deep desire to pursue God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people tend to uh, think of people who are not Christian or who are in cults or who maybe don't know Christ, you know, think about the the pygmies in Africa, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that they're all just heathens and they're mm-hmm. evil people and they're bad people. But I'll tell you uh, wholeheartedly, my bent was 100% to serve God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was always true of my narrative. I just was down a wrong path. Yeah. I mean, um, it really sounds like the apostle Paul. Well, in his fervency, I do not want to be compared to the apostle Paul. (laughs) Um, not only would my wife kill me because she thinks he's just an egotist, uh, and I tend to be too. And so, uh, so let's not go down there, but yes, it's one irregularly born. Uh, yeah, I would definitely say that. And, and so it was, so there was always this bent towards Christ, or at least to God. You know, I want to serve him, want to serve him. Mm-hmm. So it was somewhere in high school. Part of it was living with my family, the other side of the family. You know, we constantly, uh, they, they asked me to meet with a Lutheran pastor and we would meet. I actually worked at a Christian camp, uh, a daycare, uh, like an after school camp and summer camp. And so I was in the middle of these discussions and actually, in essence, kind of, now the, the the it's becoming very gray and very mixed. This you know, yeah, I'm a Jehovah's Witness, but yet uh, here now I'm preaching the gospel to these kids, um, and what's going on? And and through those discussions, uh, really began began the process of, of of step by step turning over more bits and pieces of myself uh, over as I came to terms because it's not easy because there's a lot of things that. That at least from my perspective, that I was taught that are kind of not not totally true, but kind of true. Like like we're coming into the holiday season, mm-hmm. so this whole thing that the you know Christmas is based on these pagan traditions and all that kind. Of, well, that was very hard for me to work through because that that's there's some truth there, mm-hmm. um, and and even Christians understand that and know that. So it took a while to work through those pieces and then one by one give them up. I I was instrumental. I had two guys that. Um, I lived up in Colorado at the time. We used to go rock climbing all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, and we would just talk, just talk life, yeah. talk faith, talk that, uh, you know, who, who we are. And um, yeah, and because of that, it was a journey of turning these pieces over. So again, it was weird because in high school, I was the chaplain for uh, our ROTC unit at our high school. But yet I wasn't really 
a Christian Christian, you know, so that yeah. was uh, that was an odd thing. Uh, I, I kind of uh, I don't know if there was an, an actual time where there was this like conversion experience because mm-hmm. I think it was a, 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 a gradual. A, a, yeah, it was an yeah. ongoing process, but it was right before I came to Central, which is a weird story in and of itself. But I, I remember that it was Christmas and um, I was living with my folks at the time and they were Jehovah's Witnesses. I was living in a downstairs apartment from the main house and uh, they had given me a gift. My friends that I would go rock climbing with had given me a gift. And, and then I received another gift. So I hid that away, you know, because I'm not supposed to have that kind of stuff in the house. But I remember that Christmas of sitting downstairs in my room. It's not that I hadn't celebrated Christmas before. I had when I was much younger. And there was a couple times with my other family that at least I was there and present for that. Um, so I knew sitting in my, this, you know, here I am, it's a Colorado night, it's cold, parents are upstairs, I have the lights down low in my room, I knew red and green were the colors of Christmas, so I had some red and green yarn and put it around a plant that I had and s- quietly turned on some Christmas music, and I remember opening, uh, the first gift was like some kind of chocolate bar or something like that, and, uh, and but the second gift, the one for my friends, was actually uh, the Bible that I still use today, hmm. um, which was really, I see as a key turning point because then, uh, you know, here I am now equipped with mm-hmm. this. It's not right. that I didn't have access to Bibles, but right. here's, this is my word of God. And it kind of also symbolizes this idea of this is my, the word, the living word and, and, and the written word. Um, mm-hmm. And really from that time forward, kind of the, the lean definitely leaned harder in the opposing direction and mm-hmm. really began to take on this idea that I, I am a Christian. Um, so, and then I ended up here at Central received a call into ministry and that totally took my life uh, in a totally different direction. So. Wow. So you were really like all over the place. You had the, a little bit of the, the Catholic upbringing and then a little, uh, uh, quite a bit of the Jehovah's witness um, yeah. aspect. And so with all of these different influences, um, after all these years, you know, you, you said that you, you've made this, tran- you made this transition and, for years and years now, you've been with the Lord, following the Lord. What is it about Jesus that has um, held you to him? You know, our our theme for this year is based on Hebrews 6.19, you know, to be anchored in our faith. Um, so what is it about Jesus that keeps you anchored in him? I, you know, that it's an interesting question. What is it about God that keeps me anchored to him? Mm-hmm. Well, for me, a large part of it, at least the initial conversion point mm-hmm. was a lot of rationality. I think it was mm-hmm. a very, it was a mental ascent because I had to overcome all that teaching. Right. And, and in the end, uh, you know, we teach here the core four and the importance of critical thought. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. a perfect example because I had accepted what people had given to me as truth and sought after it and adopted it and, mm-hmm. and held it closely to me. And so engaging at the rational level what scriptures had to say. So I was big into no understanding what the Hebrew and the Greek was and mm-hmm. and what these what does it mean and understanding the theology uh, really that it, it allowed that part of the anchor, if you think about multiple anchors, but the rational anchor found a footing that was immovable mm-hmm. um, with the with the 
uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, there were too many cracks that the anchor could slip through and move. Um, <laughs> as I dealt with the reality of Scripture, uh, especially my time at Central and delving into the Word uh, and and being a part of that and, uh, and and testing things and approving them, you know, to, <laughs> Scriptures talk about that was really able to anchor that this is real um, and and that's important. And and for us. Uh, especially here at Central, we talk about the quadrilateral. I don't know if anyone even knows what that is. Bevington's anymore. quadrilateral. Uh, what the Bevington's? The, no, Wesley's quadrilateral. Oh, Wesley's sorry. quadrilateral. Yes, sorry. Okay, okay, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, this idea that it's it's you know experience teaches us things, and reason mm-hmm. teaches us things, and tradition you know teaches. So as we look at each of those, so I think that when you talk about anchoring, is my faith in Christ uh, wasn't about going to some concert and somebody gorily telling me about Jesus spilling his blood and me making this emotional ascent, you know, going to the <laughs> altar and giving my life to Christ and then figuring out what that meant afterwards. I think for me, I figured out what all that was. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, yeah, why wouldn't I want to give my life to Christ? Right. And so, uh, so for me, it's less about the emotion. Mm-hmm. Totally not. You know, I, I go through uh, I'm just an emotional guy, um, you know, so I'm always moving through emotions, but I don't find that my faith is dependent on those emotions. It's, it's really anchored in the dependency of who Christ is, uh, mm. who, who God is. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I think there's, it's, it's almost a movement at this point of moving from rational thought to emotional thought, mm-hmm. um, conversion experiences, because I, I mean, I was, I went to, these different church camps, these big and like with all the lights and they got sure. the awesome band and you got like a thousand kids in the auditorium or whatever. And it's this big thing. And then there's this, like all the emotion is like, the emotion is basically in the air. Like you can right, feel it right. and like drink it <laughs> yeah. out of the air. It's just so saturated. Um, but then you get home and then the, you know, the, the high energy wears it's all off gone. and yeah. it's all gone and you're depressed and you're like, I wanted to commit my life more to Jesus. Why am I so sure. like depressed? And so like I had, I kind of had that journey with like trying to transition from, cause I'm, I'm a really emotional guy myself right. and I've had to like make this transition from the, uh, the emotional aspect isn't necessarily a bad thing, but we can't depend on that. Right. So I had to make that transition myself into the more thoughtful sure. um, aspects of the faith. And Honestly, since then, and since I've like kind of gone back and really questioned, well, what does the Bible actually say about this? And kind of taking apart my theology and re- rewiring it. Actually, I I like to say that the Lord really kind of took apart my theology and rewired me. And it just has hugely benefited my faith. Sure. So is there anything that you might charge to students who haven't begun that process of trying to evaluate what they believe and really dig deep. Sure. Let me, you could, I'm going to say this. We did not prepare this ahead of time, but Jordan, you could not have given me a more appropriate introduction (laughs) into this issue of the core four. Um, And uh, because I'm not sure people get it all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of this, oh yeah, we got these banners with these eight characteristics around. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Christ-centered education for character. And okay. yeah, Yeah. The core four. What I don't think people get is why that is so important um, because when you look at faith development, uh, if, if take the core four in reverse, 
let's say, like you're saying, this mm-hmm. emotional moment where mm-hmm. you know you're hearing the gospel and this energy and you feel it and you run to the altar and you give your life to Christ. But if you don't have uh, so that let's let's talk about a, that a spirit. All right. So you have this devotion because uh, devotion is under that part of the core four. So you have this devotion experience where you're I, I'm fully devoting my life to Christ. But what you don't have is the heart experience, which is a community. So you go back and have this devotion thing, but you have no community. Well, mm-hmm. what happens is we find people that don't have community, they fail. Or you have this devotion experience, but you don't have resiliency, which is the strength component. So you have this moment, you run to the altar, and the next day temptation sits in and you don't have the resilience. You're going to fall under temptation and find yourself struggling. And so you, 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 you struggle. So for us, it's this trying to help students, not just with their faith journey, but definitely with their faith journey, mm-hmm. understand that this balance, when, when it talks about Jesus saying to love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, the balance of those four things allow for uh, a, a deeper, stronger, anchored faith because it's anchored in a community. Mm-hmm. It's anchored in the word and my devotion. It's anchored through critical thought, so I know that it's true, mm-hmm. and it's anchored in my ability to resist the enemy's desires to try to keep me out of that. And so that, I mean, that's why the core four is such a key component to everything we do because we believe that it's not about hey, let's do these chapel programs or let's do these concerts and and share the gospel and just get as many commitments to Christ as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may do that because that is a way t- for things to happen. But if that happens without the balance of critical thought and without the balance of community, mm-hmm. without the balance of resiliency, then we're <laughs> failing because you can make a commitment at that moment and within a week, not live it, or after you graduate, find that you don't have the components to maintain that faith. And that's not important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to be able to develop the key, uh, those key areas. Uh, and I think, I think that's why it struggled for me coming even as a student to Central Christian. Uh, back then it was just Central College, but mm-hmm. um, was I had these faith moments, but I really wasn't in a community. I really wasn't in a strong place which pushed me to critically think through the process and I didn't have the support to build the resiliency. So it wasn't until I was at Central and spent those first couple of years where I was being pushed to do those things that faith was able to find that firm anchor. So I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, yeah. you could. I mean, yeah, that, no, I, that's why the core four is just, uh, you'll hear me everywhere I go. I, <laughs> I'm just preaching that core four because uh, it's such a central, com- a central component. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So. Can you speak a little bit about, about the core four and like when it was developed and how maybe? Um, were you a part of that process? How, yeah. how long have, I mean, this, I guess this is something that I wish that I knew a little bit better. How long have we had the core four and um, what was kind of the the big the genesis of that sure so it was uh actually under hal hoxie the former Mm -hmm. president we began a process of looking at the mission Mm -hmm. uh and hal hoxie was key uh and in in the board Mm -hmm. working to get christ-centered education for character so what we moved the mission which really wasn't uh, if anyone knows this i don't know if people realize this but if you go back in the history of the college Back when we were uh, Orleans Seminary and we came here to Central uh, to Central College Academy, that statement is said differently, but it's there right 
back in the very early foundings. Actually, if you look at the seal of the uh, of the school, it says uh, "Educatio Moribus," which is education, death. Which you're like, what? What? Uh, yeah, we educate people to death. Um, <laughs> but the the words in the Latin one can be translated education, you know, uh, training. Morbus is meaning death to self or character. Mm-hmm. That that I'm 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 I'm, yeah, bringing submission. I'm submitting my life to mm-hmm. this this outcome. So recognizing that, and we had this Christ-centered education for character. We got the mission, and then somebody said, "Well, what is character?" Um, oh, well, that's a good question. So let's go through the scriptures, and we started looking at the life of Christ, mm-hmm. and there was all you know the scriptures about he grew in wisdom and stature, and we looked at that, and then we realized that well, what did what did Christ say is the ultimate level of maturity, mm-hmm. and it was to love the Lord your God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, which is a secondary. Well, we we captured that front part and said, all right. Uh, then let's make that our goal. We'll say that men and women of character are are people who have, and at the time we said fit hearts, fit minds, fit bodies, fit souls. Uh, now, within the first three or four years, we saw the problem because the word fit and the word body totally took people down the wrong lane and mm. everything else was very conceptual. What does it mean to have a fit heart? That my heart beats at 60, you know, what or fit heart that I love people. What what are the so it became very hard to 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 define because people got it conceptually, but how does it live out? And then people were like, every time we said, hey, fit body, they were like, I, I do push-ups. Uh, okay, well that that's <laughs> it's not what we're talking about. It's a component of it, it's not what we're talking about. It. So about three years ago, uh, we began the process of redefining the fit for into the core for and really changed that body thing to strength because that was the key issue. Realigned some of that. And now you see these eight, like if you go around campus, all these banners, mm-hmm. those are eight. Because we wanted to get specific. Okay, here's we're asking you to develop a heart. But what is developing a heart is? What, what does that mean? Well, here at Central, during the time you're with us, we want to focus on two things. We want to focus on your integrity, and we want to focus on your ability to be a team player. Mm. That's it. That There's so many other virtues and character qualities, but we're going to say to define a person who's mm-hmm. pure of heart is somebody who has great integrity and someone who has team players. So then that way down into everything we do, you know, whether you're athletics or you're in a, a orchestra, not orchestra, but a band yeah. uh, or theater program or whatever it is, we want to focus on how do you become a team player? How do you become a better team player? How are you with integrity and, and so on? And so each of them, uh, heart, mind, soul, strength, has two virtues that mm-hmm. we are seeking to instill in each person. And that now is being embedded into every aspect of the curriculum, the mm-hmm. co-curricular, the extracurricular. So uh, now the, the funny part about this, this is, and this totally blew our minds. This is, uh, I think, two years ago. We we're just doing some research and somebody's saying, you know, well, we've got this core four and, but how do we, how do we translate that over to the workplace? Because this is a spiritual concept and it's very mm-hmm. theological. What about the workplace? And I know you could do it on your phone right now. Actually, if anyone listening, go go on their phone right now and look up what uh, what an employer wants 2020. <laughs> and if you do that, I almost fell over when I read the list and going through multiple lists that 
employers are looking for the very things that this theological component was set up to do. We want people of integrity. We want people who can collaborate. We want people you know, who are devoted. We want people who are resilient. We're like, oh, <laughs> you know, this is the moment. This is, you know, so it, for us, it was a confirmation that God inspiring these people to develop this concept were, were in, in alignment with really what's going on in the world mm-hmm. today. What does the world need today? You look at what's going on politically. Dear God, all we need <laughs> are some people of integrity. I mean, that's oh. why this whole Judge Barrett thing, yeah. I think mm-hmm. in the midst of outside the politics, what you're looking about is there's a person of integrity uh, 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 who's devoted, uh, had, is a family, so is a co- part of a community. And people are looking at her like, where are more of these? Mm-hmm. Um, rather than two people just get on stage and yell at each other all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, rather than demonstrating the level of, uh, you know, the core four. Uh, well, President so. Favara, I want my guy to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I get that. I understand that. But uh, it, it'd be nice to see some leaders out there that uh, we just don't vote for, but we mm-hmm. would actually want to model after. Yes. And I think mm-hmm. that's the problem is we have people, we have leaders out there that we just know, ah, I got to vote for so-and-so because I, I need them to do such and such, but I would never model my life after them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key issue is the world needs people that uh, can serve as models. And why can't Absolutely. we make them right here? I mean, this and, is, and, you know, it's, we need them. We don't just need them, you know, in the higher power places. We need them everywhere. Like we need gym teachers who are full of integrity because there's been, a, you know, there's been scandal after scandal and people who just, aren't integrous with that we need people who are um who are courageous and who are willing to um boldly push through the hard circumstances we need we need people of great character in every area every every aspect of life because i don't want my i don't want my house to be built by somebody who's like cutting corners like that's dangerous i don't want my electricity um be done by an electrician who's just like "Eh, i'm just gonna kind of go in fiddle with things a bit and then cut out and get my paycheck you know, and, and just across the board, we need people in every aspect. And when you see that, when you see people who are living, living excellent lives, excellence inspires excellence. Sure. So being able to see that it will, you know, those people who do become politicians, those people who do um, become CEOs will be formed by those people that are in these other areas so then when the time does come, we have people of integrity and character and right. people who are fit for those roles. So, well, I think for me, it's, it's, uh, it's really a question that our society needs. If, if something were to happen, uh, we need to know that there's a, a pool of people that could be pulled from. And I think that's what's missing. Because you, if you think about it, look at early history here and somehow somehow in our early history we were able to pull out people like franklins and hamiltons and all these people just like mm-hmm. where where are all these people well i think that's largely because prior to especially the 19th and 20th uh, you get to the latter part of the 19th century but the early 20th century definitely in the 21st century mm-hmm. It, the whole focus is on me, 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 me. And it's not about character development. You go back in history, that core 
part of you need to be a good person. You need a person of character, a person of virtue. Um, then when situations happen in life and you're pulled into a position where you have to lead, you're, you have the core qualities that make you effective even though you may not be competent in the role, you're already effective as an individual. And I think that's the part of the problem is we have people who are getting into leadership positions that are still wrestling with developing their own character. And you don't want a person who's a leader trying to figure out their character at the same time they're trying to lead a process. Mm -hmm. I'm a strong component that if, if nothing more happens during the two, four, or now with the graduate program, five plus years that you're here at Central, uh, if you walk away with a better character, I think that's as important, if not more, than the degree that you carry. Because mm -hmm. your skill and ability in a moment of crisis to be called upon to lead is going to be based out of good, strong character. You're going to be a much more effective leader. And, and I'm talking leadership at every level, mom, a dad at home, mm -hmm. or if you're the head of a big business or there's a major you know, a catastrophe, I think people with core character just are better at engaging mm -hmm. that at that time. So mm -hmm. We're also more equipped to handle the stressors and the hard things that come into our lives because if we don't have this sort of core, if we don't have this um, core four, then every when something that's troubling or hard or difficult comes into our life, we won't have the center to pull from to be able to address those sure, issues. Sure. Now, I, I should address that. I think it's important to, to uh, emphasize hmm. that the focus here is not just on the character, Right, Because I would say that character void of Christ is an mm. empty shell that won't hold up under pressure. Because you could develop a virtue. You could be an integral person. But when you don't have Christ underneath that, mm -hmm. you're missing a whole layer to what character is about. So mm -hmm. I don't want to over-focus on, you know, we, care, we, we talk about character, but without the Christ-centered mm -hmm. part... Uh, you're not truly getting what it's about. So character basically becomes the 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 uh, functional framework, but mm -hmm. the center, I mean the center, the 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 impetus, the the burning uh, part of that, the passion, uh, right. that becomes the real key issue. And right. so we're we're going to be no less. Now that gets a little confusing because you know you look at heart and heart deals with faith components, <laughs> uh, but but really we see Christ the Christ side sitting outside of the core four. The core four in our heart is about devotion, but you could be devoted to anything, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, so you can demonstrate the character quality of devotion. We're challenging you to put Christ in that center seat rather than some other object or some other outcome. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, and look, it's a lot easier to have grit and resilience when you have Christ that you're partnered with through the process mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit ministering mm -hmm. to you and you understand what that relationship is. Because what will happen is you may have a high level of grit or resilience, but it's going to wear off sooner or later. But when when the gas runs dry and you have a second tank called Jesus, mm -hmm. then you're good to go. You <laughs> yeah. know, um, And I think people forget that all the time. Yeah. And really the core four um, is really byproduct of being in a relationship with Jesus. It's like it, it that the core four just it, it happens because when you're pursuing Christ, 
those are areas that you're naturally Definitely. going to work on that are that are just naturally going to change right. or even supernaturally going to change sure so and i think that's true we from our wesleyan perspective mm. at least our wesleyan perspective <laughs> yeah. here at the school um we would we would definitely agree that because what you're talking about is developing character by saying okay be honest you know okay mm -hmm. that's good okay now you're being honest okay you're building that framework mm -hmm. but there's something totally different if i submit my life to christ Honesty is a natural outcome exactly. of that relationship. So it's not so much me building those aspects as it is me submitting my life mm -hmm. and allowing Christ to build that in me. Um, mm -hmm. And I think we get that so confused. I, I, I forget. Uh, I think it was Josh McDowell, and this is years ago, used to this was this wonderful picture of uh, three circles. He had three circles, and he talked about how we tend to always relate to God through the first circle, which is this precept. Don't, you know, the, the Ten Commandments. Don't lie, don't cheat, don't do this, don't do that. And so what we do is we relate to God through the don'ts. Mm -hmm. He says, you know, a good faith journey, you, you want to anchor your faith some more, move to the second level, which is based on the principles of God. So it's not the precepts of God, but it's the principles of God. So don't lie is based on the principle of honesty. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so it's not don't lie because God doesn't tell me to lie. It's don't lie because honesty is a good thing. Mm -hmm. So now I'm building on the principle. But he says if you really want to anchor your faith, you really want to amplify and leverage what, what living in Christ is all about, mm -hmm. go to the third level, which is person. So you have this precept, don't lie, built on the principle of honesty, but it's built on the person of God because God is truth. Mm -hmm. And if I want to be in relationship with God by not lying and seeking honesty, I'm in relationship with God. So my motivation for not lying is not because, oh no, if I lie, God's going to squash me, you know? And it's not based on the principle that, oh no, I won't lie because I've got to be a good person. No, it's, uh, it's, I love honesty because when I'm living in honesty, I get to relate to God. The, mm. Our relationship is pure. And so it comes out of that that the, the behaviors happen. I think mm -hmm. we way over focus sometimes on behavioral modification mm -hmm. rather than spiritual adjustment, be, you know, be transformed by the renewing of our mind um, mm -hmm. and allowing that to happen from an inside out rather than an outside in process. So uh, if people can capture that, I think they find, gosh, their, their, their development, uh, faith development, faith journey would just amplify so much. So, mm. Amen. Awesome. Larry, thank you. See, you did it. Too. I did it. I did it. I did it. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Oh. Larry, I, I will. Uh, to, to the day that I end here my time, they're going to say, thanks, Larry, for your service. And, thanks, and I'm okay with that. So, <laughs> Oh, we just got to hope that we don't have another L name. That yeah, that's right. that's right. Larry, Lenny. <laughs> it, it was bad when uh, VeggieTales was. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 We're both passionate about our faith. Yes. We're both passionate about loving Jesus. We're both passionate about loving students. Mm -hmm. And so, and you both if, have great style. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> so I will never take it as anything less than a compliment to be mm. called Larry. So, All right. Well, President Favara. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Uh, is there any way that we can be in prayer for you? I, you've got, I know you're, you've got to be crazy busy, especially this year with, um, all your responsibilities as president of the college and um, as a father and, you know, the many, many hats that you wear, a professor, 
Um, so is how what would be a way that we can be in prayer for you? I would just, uh, I guess if anything, it was asked that if, if you're going to pray, pray that God keeps me smacked in line because <laughs> um, there's all kinds Amen. of things you can pray for but the really if it's if i get out of line that god brings me back in alignment mm-hmm. because that's where i need to be all the time so you can always pray that so awesome yeah. well thank you so much yeah. thank you for listening to the faith friday podcast have a great weekend and thank god for jesus